Hello, welcome to, that was so immature and it made me laugh and it shouldn't have done. It was so stupid, whoever did that. Uh, no, welcome. It was. <laughs> welcome to Knights of Evening Star with me and Dungeon Master Mark Sherlock Humes. Uh, this is one of the D&D shows here on the D&D channel where a bunch of nobles and advisors are journeying their way through Cormir and trying their best to manage a little village. I'm joined by my wonderful players. Da -da -da -da. Uh, we have Anna Prosser, Mika Burton, Nate Sharp, and Jonathan Indovino, also known as Shady Penguin. Uh, thank you for joining me once again, my friends, for our little adventures. Our little, you know, Tuesday, well, for me, it's Tuesday night, I guess, for you. It's, I know, it's Tuesday night for you guys, Wednesday morning for me. Oof. I'm very tired uh, <laughs> for a bit <laughs> of Dungeons and Dragons, a bit of late night Dungeons and Dragons um, for those in the UK. And yeah, we're going to play some D&D uh, with things that have been happening. But how is everyone? Let's just do a little check in. Is everyone well? There was a lot of Pokemon I'm... economy talk going on before we went live. Yes, nothing but the finest of conversation oh, happening. Oh, it's whack. It's all crashing. The Pokey so. economy. The Poke economy. Poke the Poke economy. economy. Both the Poke economy and the stock economy are doing pretty well right now. Thank you for asking. Okay, good. All right. Well, I'm glad. Uh, and we have Puppy. We had Puppy Cam a little bit earlier. I was going to say, uh, this is the only economy that matters to me puppy right now. Puppy economy. This and one. she is yeah. a tired baby. She sure um, is. Mommy so kept her cute. so awake all day so she would sleep through nights of evening star. <laughs> Aww. Look at this little fire spirit. Amazing. Oh, no, so Oh, okay. Sorry. Amazing. And then, uh, Mika, I know that going on right now, we have uh, some narrative telephone with you doing a, an excellent uh, voice. I, oh, I'm yeah. Told. I'm so good at jester accents. It's crazy. <laughs> um, rip. But yes, somebody in chat asks, how am I here and there? Pre-recorded. No, clones. I'm cloned. That's um, the secret. Mark is correct. I have yeah. two of me. One is doing a horrible jester accent right now, and the other is here. Is here. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, that's it. Well, I'm glad that everyone is well. Uh, we are going to play some D&D. If you are new, or if you haven't checked out the stream before, uh, the players are nobles or advisors in charge of a small village. And we've had a lot of developments. Uh, things have been going on. We've got some nice kind of interpersonal stuff and some character backstory stuff going on. Uh, and I'm going to give you a little quick recap on what's happened so far, and then we are going to jump into it uh, once we have everybody good to go. So, uh, yeah, last time on Knights of Evening Star, uh, our group and advisor had, had made their way back to the village of Evening Star after spending a long time in the city of Arabelle trying to free their Seneschal Dusk from a false murder claim. Um, around eight weeks of time have passed. The keep is now rebuilt and finished. A new blacksmith and various other improvements have been set around the village, and the party have had time to reflect and relax, spending some time with new friends and getting closer as a group. As the keep is finished, Hadley Cooper, an old friend of Marcel's, approaches him and informs him that his troops have tracked down a potential lead on the Scions of the Shattered Light, a mysterious group that has haunted Marcel and holds many answers to his past. The troops and the scouts have uh, indicated that the Scions are in the place called the ruined town of Red Spring, a place haunted with terrible rumors and avoided by the people of Cormir. Uh, the Scions have hidden themselves inside and are protected by a force of mercenaries. And Marcel has requested 
from uh, his companions and the, the forces of Evening Star uh, aid in reclaiming this town and investigating. And that is pretty much where we left off. There was a lot of other stuff that went on. We had a lot of kind of investigations and research and character training montages and multi-classing and uh, all sorts of things have been going on. Uh, is there anything that you guys want to point out in particular uh, that happened in the last episode that you're like, this happened and I'd like to talk about it? This isn't um, in the episode so much as I finally updated Agnes's character sheet that is linked in chat. So it is now the official Circle of Wildfire Druid. Perfect. It is accurate now. It is all official and canon and uh, playtested thoroughly. Mm -hmm. We're now up to date. Excellent. I just want it known that I, I still haven't kissed Willow Song. I'm sorry, not me. Uh, <laughs> hasn't. I mean, you haven't either. Sure. No. Fair. Fair let's in a way you know that would be a very interesting scenario because i am technically willow song um and so can't wait yeah well <laughs> you say that can't wait. <laughs> i don't know if you, you actually say that oh no i i say that with full sincerity okay nice. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nate's also very on board it seems <laughs> look at that grin loves it um well, with that then, my friends, uh, if there's nothing else, uh, I, I hand this over to you. Uh, I know that decisions, like there was a kind of general, yes, let's help Marcel, but I don't think any plans had been made or anything like that. Um, I will tell you that Red Spring is about two days travel. You basically head towards Arabelle, then journey north into the mountains and follow the mountains uh, along until you reach the town. Um, but yeah. Can we can we get um, picnic lunches from the Tresum King on our way out? Uh, you absolutely can. Yeah, trail Great. rations and things like that. I don't. I don't like for narrative sake. Absolutely, you get lovely little picnic lunches. That's all uh, I wanted. Kira High Castle provides them and stuff. I don't care about like tracking trail rations and gold. Like, Neither do I. You'll know. I just like wanted me. to point out the Tresum King because I'm very excited about that new name. And it's a very it's good, good name. name very good name the trust and kim being the renamed tavern in the town of evening star uh wizards of the coast if you produce a cormier setting in the future please make it noted that evening star has an inn called the <laughs> the trust king uh let's make all this canon uh sure aaron most of all aaron's the most canon out of all of this <laughs> yes aaron baker yeah i'm sure that he'll definitely make it in um so yeah what's the what's the plan here like do you guys have uh, a particular way that you want to travel are there any preparations you want to make are there any questions you have for me or anything like that oh um, can we travel on horseback i think that there's definitely a small stable at evening star um but you don't have the facility to have like all of your troops horsed so it's still going to be slow going because you if you are taking the the military units with you it, they're going to have to travel by foot um but certainly the nobles you and uh, uh agnes and tarkle would have their own horses um that they can that, that would be stabled at the keep ready for your own use i think it would also make sense that marcel and zara have their own horses as well um being a prestigious position that they're in um but i don't imagine anybody else would uh because you don't have any other mounted knights or anything like that do we so. have our own like personal horses yeah yeah absolutely you do yeah can, i'm so sorry to derail but this is really important can we describe what each of our horses is like and what they're named anna prosler please take it away thank you <laughs> i don't know what mine looks like i just like in my head this is one of the most important fan art references i could possibly think of mm. i think i know yeah, you go first, Mika. Okay. I'm imagining like a really like a jet black mare, like really sleek, built for speed type of horse. 
Um, nice. I know technically horses do not have red eyes, but I imagine like a pink reddish hue to okay. uh, to Azara's horse's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like Azara looks real mean and tough, but like loves carrots, super softy. Um, and soft. I think she would be named... Uh, I don't want to say Onyx because I know that's kind of stereotypical, but uh, get All let me better. let me cycle back on the name. It's you gonna say, be some yeah, surrounding. Yeah, you don't have to give them yeah. names. Yeah, but right <laughs> now, black black horse with like red red pink eyes. Sure. Okay. Uh, does anybody else have an idea for the description <laughs> of their horse that they I would absolutely like to do? Uh, okay, I thought about this every He's day been since Googling. we started this campaign. I, I reckon Jonathan's <laughs> been googling this. Um, okay, so my horse is a white horse with little, very light gray speckles. It's uh, hair along the back of its neck and head is like a, a mixed, like whitish gray still, mostly white horse, just little dabs of, of, of gray throughout. Uh, has a dark snout with a little white patch on the front. Uh, just look, think think of a tr- uh, Artex from NeverEnding Story, because that's my horse, literally. Uh, and his name is Artex in this game as well, because Put um, in I can do that. Bog. Four horses. <laughs> uh, Go ahead. Okay. Uh, mine is perhaps unsurprisingly like a fiery red chestnut mare. Um, and uh, her mane, like a chestnut horse could have like a lighter or darker mane. Hers is just like the same color, but even more fiery red. Um, mm-hmm. So just like very much basically the color of Niski. That's that's what the horse's color is. And the now I, called Nisky. I, I was going to name something else, but now I kind of want to name the horse Nisky. Sure, you it's your horse. Do what you want. Uh, uh, I would like everybody, just put in your equipment or somewhere on your couch sheet, do note that you do have a horse. It is a riding horse. It's not a war horse. It's a riding horse. My horse's name is Legolas. Um, <laughs> that's great. Can I can I ask chat for help? Because I, I was actually going to... Um, I had a great name. Dang it, I lost it. Hold on. I'm sorry. Oh, now I got it. Okay, so I found out that um, there's a Celtic goddess, Brigid or Bridget, which was the goddess of poetry and fire. So I feel like that's a really cool name for a horse. So should I name it Niski after my Pomeranian? Or Brigid? Or Bridget, or Brig, whatever, however we decide. To well, say Bridget's it, Kat, probably one? like a derived from Brigid. Yeah, it's probably like a Bridget. Name Bridget. So Bridget. We would say Brigid then. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, you have a think on that, Nate. Go ahead. Describe Marcel's horse. Marcel would probably be riding an Arabian horse, which are typically. I'm sure it's not literally Arabian, but some like that. They're kind of not great tempered. Um, <laughs> Uh, it would be a brown nice. horse with a black mane named Rat. Rat? Rat. Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, and it sounds like, I mean, it sounds to me that that's like a, a a horse that Marcel probably brought with him before he became the minister as well. Like, that sounds like a horse he's probably had yeah, for a if we, while. Yeah, if that doesn't interfere with anything. No, of course not. Yeah, you guys started at like level eight. So it makes sense that you have like basics like the horses and stuff like that. Same with like Azara's horse probably was one that she had uh, when she was in Marsemba. So also, um, yes, chat. I was thinking of the shadow mare from Skyrim. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> chat helped me it, choose Brigid. My horse is Brigid. Brigid. Mm-hmm. Brigid. Okay. We got Perfect. Legolas, we got Brigid, we got Rat, and we got what was the shady? Artax. Artax. He's <laughs> just going to go straight up with Artax. It's just Man. two X's at the end instead, because I do two N's. So, you know, yeah. Apostrophe, yeah. Perfect. 
Um, underscore, excellent. underscore, XX, underscore, underscore. Sephiroth. Um, <laughs> amazing. Uh, so with these horses, um, yeah, you have horses ready for travel. You have all the rations and things like that. Uh, I believe, and again, feel free to change this. This is me just trying to remember what happened last time. You had made, uh, you were planning to leave your unit of archers here in Evening Star and then take Elissa's uh, unit and Hadley Cooper as your two military units with you because you know that there is quite a large mercenary force Um uh, and the way that like large unit forces work, and we kind of had this a little bit when we started the campaign, you guys obviously are very powerful individual fighters um, against say 50 to 100 troops, you are less effective as individuals. So you have your own units to fight other military units that you can still have an impact on the battle, but it's not the same as like a D&D combat where you're one-on-one -on -one fighting. So, um, you know, you guys would be very quickly overwhelmed. Um, even such mighty warriors and wizards such as yourselves, a hundred arrows or a hundred spears at you is is not something that you can really survive, so. A uh, quick question before we yes. leave. Um, is it possible to create a few sending scrolls to leave with... Uh, Oh, interesting. Uh, just in cases. And like also so, take one with us. So like one with us and then like maybe one with like a military force and then one with Sarah Lee. Yes. So uh, with that, that's excellent. You can absolutely do that. We've had some time to do it. I just want to quickly look up uh, crafting. Uh, just in case scrolls. there's emergencies at either point. Yeah. And you can cast sending. Yeah. This is a spell as Zara knows. Uh, do I know sending? I don't know. I don't, I don't know sending. I don't, okay. I don't think I'm a high enough level. So if you don't have the spell, that means you can't craft them, but you can probably order them. You can probably okay. try and buy them. Um, or Sarah Lee might, I'd say probably Sarah Lee can make them, but they're more expensive for Sarah Lee because she's not a spellcaster. Right. So uh, making a scroll and sending is a third level spell. Okay. So they will cost about 500 gold per sending scroll. They Poor are expensive. Per? Mm-hmm. Scrolls are expensive. Um, wait. Using Xanathar's guide. Um, Jesus. I can I can learn scrying. Is that going to help with what we're what we're no, doing? You can't so scrying is good scrying. to look on something. So and you okay. need an object like a crystal ball or something like that to cast scrying as well. So you carry like um, I think it's a you have to have a thousand GP object, like a thousand gold object that you use to scry with. It doesn't consume hmm. it, but it's like a crystal ball or a magic mirror or something so like, like that. So that's like a quest I need you. to. Or you can just buy one. You could just be like, I'm going to have a special mirror made that costs a thousand gold and then that you can use for scrying. So Do you, we don't have a thousand you, gold to spend right now. Can you prepare sending? Let me see. I don't believe so. I don't think it's a druid spell. Think I think so it's either. a cleric spell. It is, yeah. and I am a level one cleric. Mm. Um, I, have, level I have one sending scroll from. You do? What's his name? You do? So sending does allow a reply. So when you it cast does. it, they can send a 25 word reply. Yes. But once the scroll is consumed, it is consumed. It's consumed. Mm. Um, Ooh. Well, I'm going to consult my, my, the party. Do you think I should leave the one sending scroll I have with like Sarah Lee, or do you think we should take it with us in case we need backup? I can learn Animal Messenger. Oh. Um, and I can send like a little squirrel 
or a bird or something to go I, give them. I was going to say, I would recommend something that can fly because a squirrel <laughs> making a journey that takes a human two days, I imagine a squirrel would have a tough time with it. If you haven't watched that YouTube video about how squirrels are like math geniuses and nothing can keep them down okay. and they basically do magic, you should watch it. All right. I, I believe will. in squirrels. Okay. But I either way, rescind. I. I will, um, I'll forget one of my second level spells and prepare this before we leave. Dope. Okay. And I'll keep the sending scroll on me just in case. Sure. Actually, no, I'm going to leave it with Sara Lee because okay. we'll be able to send the message through Anna. And if we're under attack at home, then she needs to send us a message. So. Okay. Perfect. All right. Made a note of that. Uh, anything else? Marcel? Tarkle? Any prep? Any plans? Any stratagems? Uh, anything you wish to do? Do you want to have a conversation with Willow Song before you leave Tarkle? Uh, as this will be taking you two days away from Evening Star. Um, I'm trying to think after what had happened prior. I guess the last thing I did really, really did with Willow Song was we did our montage of becoming a warlock. So I guess I would at least I would at least go and say goodbye. Just let her know where yeah. I'm going. Sure. Uh, yeah, you find it, and I think that she, you probably find her packing up some of her own things into a, like a small bag uh, when you arrive, because she would have heard about like you guys making this, you know, heading off on your own and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, you kind of enter and she's packing away some of her clothes and uh, just kind of preparing to make a sort of journey herself. Um, she turns around and it's just like, oh, I'm so glad that I saw you before you, you left, Tarko. Uh, yes, uh, Willow. We're just going. Uh, we're going to help out Marcel with something uh, a few towns over. Yes, oh, of course. Well, I I hope that you'll stay safe and and remember everything that we've taught you as well. Of course. Um, are you going somewhere? It looks like you're packing up your things as well. Yes. Well, I figured, seeing as you're going off for a few days, I, I don't feel this isn't really my home. I I would feel strange staying here by myself. So I thought I would. Go back to the woods, um, see if I can commune with Mother, and see if I can learn some information about what uh, Davian Cormoril has been doing. Um, but I may be gone for some time. Mother is fickle, as she is. Uh, it can take some time to try and contact her. So, Okay, um, that's, that's fine. I think it sounds like a good use of time. I, you know, I wasn't going to ask or say anything. What is it? She kind of looks at you with like her big green eyes and dark hair flowing around. You know what? It it can it can wait till after all of this is done. Honestly, uh, we'll we'll when you come back, no matter what time it is, we'll we'll talk. Or maybe I'll reach out to your mother once we're done with this quest for Marcel. Of course, I shouldn't be gone too long. And she kind of uh, she does move up to you and kind of gently sort of hugs you like a, a goodbye kind of hug. Um, but she kind of lingers there for a little bit longer than perhaps Ooh. a friend might. Um, and then when she kind of pulls away, she looks up into your eyes. Um, I don't know what will happen. I don't know what exactly Marcel is looking for, but be wary. I fear that he is involved with dangerous things. What you told me and, and what I heard about happened at the inn. Just be careful. But if you do find anything of... If you find any powerful magic, Mother and I would be happy to help, and you should be wary of that. Um, such things can be useful. I'll, I'll be on my toes uh, for anything sure like that, will. for sure. I'm sure you will. And she just kind of, uh, kind of like 
waves goodbye and she'll start making her way out probably like doing that thing of as she gets like out into the keeps courtyard and is walking away you're kind of i don't know if tarka would be thinking like is she going to turn around but she does kind of stop turns around and takes like one last glance and then uh waves smiles and waves and heads heads off basically um yeah all right all right uh anything from anyone else Okay. In that case, Elissa, uh, your half-orc blade captain, in her full resplendent purple dragon armor, carrying her greatsword, uh, leads a column of uh, moderately armored soldiers. They're no longer the kind of basic infantry squires that they once wore. Uh, they now wear sort of chainmail and shields with spears and swords at their side. Um, they look more like a proper military unit when, than when you first came to Evening Star. Um, she begins leading them in a column, uh, marching towards your destination, as does Hadley Cooper. Hadley Cooper, this much older human male, looks very worn and tired, uh, completely decked out in this full suit of plate mail armor that's intricately engraved with magical runes that seem to glow and pulse. Um, often is caught kind of murmuring to himself or whispering to himself uh, as he leads a kind of gaggle, a, a ramshackle group of they don't really look like a military unit, but they look like hardened kind of mercenaries, all armed with all sorts of different weapons and armor and, you know, all sorts of different builds and types. Um, but they seem to follow Hadley quite loyally as they too begin setting out on foot. Uh, and then the four of you uh, on your horseback uh, begin making up the rear. Um... I forgot to say, um, I'm assuming the Tresem regiment is staying behind. So uh, it's up to you. You can take them with you. Uh, no, they are a smaller unit. I want them to keep an eye on Evening Star and just mm -hmm. kind of be on patrol, and then tell them that if if they need us, they should send a messenger to tell us what's sure. going on. Yeah, you can you can you speak with animals, so it's really not a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, you know the unit's going to follow your commands. So that leaves an a unit of archers and the unit of Tressim behind the mm -hmm. Evening Star to basically watch over it. Um, and yeah, you guys begin making your way out. Um, uh, as a bit of flavor text, I would sure. hope that the armies, kind of like an Assassin's Creed, Black Flag, and like uh, Valhalla, they kind of like sing while we're on a journey. Ooh. Like they have oh, yeah. like There's... rousing army songs. Oh yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> definitely. I mean, rousing. I think the Purple Dragon Knights probably have like kind of like rousing. Cormerian anthems and things like that that they yeah. sing and you know there's uh, also games that they play like word games so like a soldier at the front of the column might say like a place and then somebody behind them has to do a place beginning with the same name or they they, they kind of play like word they're games as they're traveling and stuff yeah it's like you know it, they need something to pass the time because otherwise they're just marching in heavy armor and are getting tired so right. anything that kind of makes the the journey more palpable um is good there is also uh in the Elissa's unit there is like a musician there's like a drummer and then there's like somebody on like a basic horn as well um and they'll often accompany with music hadley's unit is almost the complete opposite they are almost <laughs> dead silent they look they look suspicious everywhere they go they're like sending people ahead constantly checking the roads and the mountains and the bushes and things like that hadley will often come up to marcel um marcel he'll kind of speak in with you sort of just like no sign but the terrain's getting quite rocky up ahead we, we should be cautious with these with this 
unit of knights here they're making too much noise like you know he'll come and bring you like little status reports and kind of wait for you to kind of give him more direct orders almost yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna at, at that at that last thing you said i like turn around to like the singing group <laughs> like yeah everyone quiet Please. You kind of you you speak and like there is this kind of hush that falls over. Uh, Elissa looks over towards you, looks at the way you're kind of like speaking with Hadley and your kind of more serious looking demeanor, and she'll turn back and be like, "Let's keep it down then, as uh, per the minister's request. We don't know what might be around here. Besides, we can always once we make camp, you can all enjoy a bit of rest." Uh, and the knights kind of like murmur amongst themselves. A few of them do shoot dirty looks towards Marcel, like, who's this guy to tell us what to do? Um, but with Alyssa's kind of backup, they do fall silent. Uh, and yeah, the rest of the march proceeds uh, without much. Uh, Agnes frivolity. notices that Marcel said please and smiles to herself. Okay. It's improvement. It is improvement. Um, yeah. The first day of travel. Uh, let's have someone roll a dice for me. Roll a... Who would like to roll a d100? Who wants to roll some dice? I'll do it. Oh. Oh, just kidding. Who no, you got it. You were unmuted, so you definitely get to go. Okay. That's true. You do. You were the one who said it. That is that is the case. D100. Do you want both of them? Uh, yeah, so roll it. Is it like 100? So you have the d100 that and then the d10. 38. 38. Okay. The first day of travel passes by without much incident uh you make your way through the mountains it is a kind of warming you know it's beginning to get to summer uh you know it is summer it's the early days of summer now um so the weather is pleasant the day is quite long uh you make good progress and eventually find like a small clearing to make camp um the soldiers who have been carrying sort of provisions there's like a small kind of wagon with tents begin setting those out uh because moving like a a couple of these military units is a sizable effort this isn't like a small kind of traveling band this is like you know dozens of tents with soldiers kind of like sharing it together and stuff like that uh Things like your horses are taken by um, various in infantry and cleaned and fed and watered. Uh, tents are set up for the four of you as well. Each of you have your own tent that is set up for you. Uh, and yeah, the night quickly descends. Uh, is there anything you guys want to discuss throughout the evening or any preparations or things you would like to do? Agnes is trying to, as usual, just kind of like get to know all the ranks and making sure they have everything they need, trying mm -hmm. to keep morale high and let them know that the nobles are at their service, as she does. Sure. Uh, make a, just do a persuasion check for me. Let's see kind of the general effect that Agnes has. And then you can read to me how it goes. Yeah, okay. So they're, they're responsive to it. It's not the most, you know, inspiring speech or, you know, they don't seem like they're like, yes, amazing. But there is definitely a kind of, you know, they appreciate the gesture, the soldiers, men, women, and, and all, all folks kind of uh, seem to appreciate it. You're invited to sit down at a few of their campfires and share a bit of drink and a bit of food with them. Um, and they do seem to appreciate the gesture, certainly. Um, normally, things like their officers, they're used to staying apart, but they don't really have a lot of interactions with the nobles. So for quite a few of the soldiers, this is a fairly new experience and you're kind of showing off a different side to the nobility than perhaps they've been that they've seen before so yeah i think it's it's well reciprocated 
she's trying to do that thing too where she like learns things about people so mm. that if you know if they're like we need someone who can scale this rock wall she can be like oh i mr sam can is a rock climber you know yep sam is a rock climber yeah he uh he often goes out exploring in the mountains uh when he's off duty uh you can make that note of that one if you want sam the rock climber <laughs> okay uh, great perfect Amazing. i'm adding that to my allies list sam sure. the rock climber yeah absolutely uh go on jonathan um i think that like as the night settles down i'd want to meet up with everyone like marcel and azara and agnes and just kind of update them on what fig had told me sure we or go twig, rather i keep calling him fig that could be his <clears> new name it's his pet name, I guess, for me. I don't know. Can't get it out of my head. Uh, guys, there's something that I can't shake. Um, we had sent, obviously, King One-Eye and Twig off on a, a recon mission to find out more about the Emerald Witch. And out of all of the researching that he did and all the, all the people he asked, all the fae that he saw, there was no one who recognized... Uh, her description as a fae, not of any court, nor summer, nor winter. Was there the possibility that she's rogue and doing nefarious or non-nefarious deeds on her own? Usually fae don't stray far from their court, so that's slightly concerning. I think that, I think Twig may have mentioned that she could be rogue and that's why she's unaccounted for among the courts, but I just didn't want to sit with this and not share it with you guys. I have no idea the implication. I I almost approached Willow's song on it before I left, but it just didn't feel like the right time to talk to her before talking to you guys. I think, Young Crown Silver, your instincts were correct. We always want to keep our cards to our chest when it comes to possible miscalculations of trust here. As we know, uh, we have possibly an ally who can go and help us infiltrate the Feywild and talk to the Summer Court and see if we can come to some kind of agreement, although my research on the Summer Court tells me that this will most likely end in bloodshed. But with Agnes's uh, mentor, we can at least get our own boots on the ground and talk to the Fey within the Feywild and find out more about these possible rogue bri bri briar, briar woods, shadow briars. <laughs> it's like briar song, Brentwood, that's a place Los Angeles. <laughs> I, 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 do, I do think that Willow is, is an ally. I don't get the sense of malevolence from her, but I, mm -hmm. I, I feel as though we've, we've spoken of her as if she's Fey before around her and she's never claimed the opposite, so... Which I don't think is in question here. We know she's Fae, but... But she might just be rogue. Her and her mother might be rogue And fae. we don't know, but I think that for now, they say keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Not that she is an enemy, but don't let her know we're suspicious, if you can do that. Yeah, no, I can. I guess once we get to the time where we are going into the Feywild, we can do some digging of our own. Maybe I maybe think. Twig Twig looked like he went through a lot, so maybe he just missed a clue or uh, didn't speak to the right people about this emerald and woman. And if it turns out that Twig's information is correct, we will 
cross that bridge when we get to it, as they say. But for now, we should tighten our ranks a bit. Agnes will like pat Tarkal's shoulder, sisterly, and and be like, just be careful, brother. Love can blind us to all manner of evils. And give him kind of a smirk. Tarkal will uh, take a sip from his wineskin that he definitely is drinking from around a fire, because that's how I imagine <laughs> this is all going down. Um, mm-hmm. And as he lowers his skin, he'll be like, actually, uh, Twig, are you, are you here? Uh, yeah, there, he, 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 he does follow you. He does follow you. There is like a little invisible kind of uh, creak uh, from maybe like your little knapsack where he's probably been resting. Um, you just kind of hear kind of like, eh. Uh, hi, I'm here. I'm here. I'm awake. Well, if you if you heard all of that, Twig, is there is there anything I'm missing that you told me? It's been a Vaguely. wild couple of days. Um, you kind of see like a little uh, worn, a little bit more gray than when you first saw him. Sprite, uh, with little acorn armor and leaves for like tunics and clothes. Uh, kind of kind of pull himself out of the leather knapsack. Uh, as he kind of gently floats and flies down to sit on the the ground, uh, he kind of looks up. Uh, I think I think that's everything. Uh, the king and I travelled around. We asked at the courts, asking for uh, the a, a fae that matched the description that uh, that uh, Master Tarkle gave us, but uh, none of it matched. None of it matched. The Spring Court, in particular, were. They were the ones that we were mainly led to, the colors of green and yellow and uh, things like that have uh, association with spring. I, but um, uh, none of it, none of it really seemed to recognize in anybody's name. But at the same time, nobody was, uh, nobody was afraid of it. It wasn't like it was, uh, we spoke the name and people were shuddering in fear or anything like that. They just said that they didn't know anyone. They didn't know uh, an archfey by that name. Uh, Mark, above game real quick, I remember that early on, someone told me that the trees were scared. Mm. Wasn't that Twig that told me that when he came? I think Twig mentioned it, and also um, your father mentioned something in a letter about how the woods had been very strange recently as well. Okay. I just want to make a verbal note since my mental note failed me. Um, Mm. Okay. Yeah. Tarkal, if you don't mind me saying as well, no one hearing of Shadowbriar is suspicious as I found that skull with Fey writing describing Shadowbriar and there have been texts describing a Shadowbriar. It makes almost no sense that they seem to have disappeared from anybody's knowledge. It's um, possible, good good wizard, mm. it's possible that the this skull you found and uh, these writings it's not uncommon for mortals like yourselves to create cults and followings for the Archfey, especially powerful ones, uh, even those outside of the courts. The Fey have the ability to confer magic to others in exchange for services, things like that. They, you know, humans that bring them gifts in the form of treasure or people or children or rare magics and things like that uh, are rewarded by the archfey quite often and so there have been there have been a few cults and the like that have grown up around uh, certain archfey maybe that this skull you found is part of something from that well at the sound of a cult i am 
even less thrilled that we know even less about the Shadowbriar. Maybe once we return home, if you wouldn't mind taking a look at this uh, twig, I'd be happy to share I my can. findings with you. Aye, aye. I'm here to protect Master Tarkle. If you think that this skull is related to it, then aye, I can take a look. Wonderful. Well, Tarkle, know that we're here for you, and if it turns out this turns into a fight, we have your back. Well, thank you. Um, but I didn't mean to... I the final blow, if that's any consolation. Uh, I, my Tarkle, like, at that thought, kind of, like, trails off, like, can't even think about actually fighting against Willow Song's uh, mom. Mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't mean for this to become about me, honestly. I just didn't want to keep any more secrets. Um, Marcel, how are you feeling? We're, we're, we're doing the thing. <laughs> we are... Uh, we have one more day's travel, yes? Marcel's super, like, unresponsive. Like not even, not even grunts or oomphs. Just in his in his own world. Uh, Tarkle awkwardly looks down at his wine skin and takes a very long glug, and then uh, just stares into the fire. You boys are talkative. Azara, um, I noticed that uh, you and Alyssa have been hanging out a lot. Uh, Zara kind of like blue screens at that <laughs> and just like sips her tea. Were you discussing some sort of military strategy or? Uh, so, some, sometimes um, the, ma the magic and the, phys not physical, um, the, um, uh, and she just continues to sip her tea. You all are quite full of <laughs> verbosity tonight there is something strange going on I'm going to get back into I'm going to get back to sleep and Twig kind of pulls himself back up into uh, Tarkle's satchel and you hear like a little sort of like twinkling of dust and magic as he vanishes from sight I think this whole time um, I've mostly been talking to the sword mm -hmm. and that's what I've been kind of wrapped up in sure what do you, what, what do you want to talk about um, well, probably talking about... It doesn't have to be a conversation. You could just say, we've been talking about X. You know, it doesn't have no, to be no, a no. thing. Um, sure. I'll just... He, like, brings up to him and says, so, we are on our way, then. Yes. I... I, I, I don't remember much after what happened. I have a feeling that this can't be the same place that we came from. This this has to be somewhere different. I feel that we were traveling for longer, that we weren't near a big city like this. I I hope that we can find some answers, wherever, whatever this place is. Well, I think it's less about where we're going and who we're looking for. That's true. That's true. If they, that thing they made, the one that tried to kill you, do you think that that's why, do you think that that's what they were trying to make me into? Something like that? It doesn't matter what they wanted to do. It's what they did. 
and what they will do. Mm-hmm. If that's what they're doing there, then I'm right to know that they need to be stopped. I'm glad to hear you say that. Yes. I don't want what happened to me or to Ori to happen to anyone else. With, well, about that, what happened to you? Hmm. Do you, do you seek for it to be undone? If we can. Brother, yes, but I don't know if it's even possible. I'm pretty sure my body was destroyed. Uh, I don't know if I have a body I could go back to. But yes, I I don't... I want to be a person again. I I want to be me. It's nice that I can speak to you, that I can do things that I couldn't before, but I I don't want to be a weapon. I I don't want to be a tool. I want to be myself again. Well, that does answer how we should approach this then. Because as far as I'm concerned, these are the only people that can undo this. If we can find one, if we can capture one of them, maybe get them to reveal their information. Maybe if we can find their, maybe they've written down what they did or they have spell books or something that we can study, perhaps. Hmm. I think if we can find something like that, Oliver, we need to do it for Hadley as well. Not just me, but I mean, you've seen the way that he talks to her, the armor, the way that he gets when he gets hit. We need to make sure that we can save her too. Of course. What we, what we do for you, we do for everyone. Good. And for what it's worth, you're not just a tool. You're not just a weapon. Humanoid form, any form. You're still my brother. Thank you. I know you'll do whatever you can to make this right, brother. Now we will. You just hear like a pulse. I do think your friends have been trying to talk to you. Uh, You should at least acknowledge them. Space back in. (laughs) People are staring at me. We're all just blinking at him. (laughs) It's like, sup? (laughs) Nothing, nothing. And uh, Tarkle still feels awkward and just keeps drinking his wine. Uh, Would you like some tea? Zara, when you're kind of like looking through the campfire with the conversation that was going on, you do see like Elissa uh, kind of armor off just in sort of like loose shirt and trousers kind of making her way through the camp, checking in on all the soldiers. And there is like the kind of like, she looks at you, you look at her with the tea in your hands. Uh, she's kind of like, like what? Like looking at you like, <laughs> why are you looking at me weird? Uh- <laughs> um. I think Azara is going to uh, excuse herself with an extra cup and and go offer okay. it to Alyssa sure. and pointedly ignore whatever Agnes does in response to that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> there is a kind of like moment where she kind of graciously accepts uh, and she's like, oh, thank you, uh, Magister. I, I was just about to um, 
retire to my to my tent for the evening uh, if you have some spare moments to catch up uh of course um lead the way yeah uh, and she does she does lead the way obviously she just gets in gets inside sits down drinks the tea uh she does uh she kind of leans over she's like i'm sorry if i'm uh, i'm wearing that armor and marching all day i had to get changed uh, I, hopefully there's no smell or anything and she kind of like is desperately trying to like like make sure that she's like you know clean and fresh and doesn't isn't in a sweaty gross mess <laughs> zara will blush a little bit and say no no i you're i you're great i'm <laughs> oh, <clears throat> good uh and she kind of awkwardly like looks around and like pulls over a chair and yeah you end up having tea uh again nothing nothing more uh more illicit uh just a, a just, lovely just lovely evening of catching up and talking yeah. about the events and things <laughs> i i lean over to marcel and i'm like do war wizards traditionally strategize with military captains I think at this point, I know less about war wizards than I did a year ago. Fair. And with that, a lovely <laughs> awkward silence falls over the camp. Huckle <laughs> just drinking his wineskin and then just everyone kind of staring off into the distance. Um, as, a far as... off distant just... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like soldier from somewhere. Uh, you just hear like a kind of like from a horn. Uh, but yeah, the camp falls in and you sleep. You go, you know, the, the night passes. Uh, nothing untoward. There is no cause of alarm, no attacks or anything else. Uh, and the next day you continue your journey towards Red Spring. You follow the Stormhorn Mountains, um, moving through hillland and grass plains, uh, heading ever so slightly north. Um, you can see Arabelle in the very, very faint distance. It's, it's kind of tall spires, just kind of cresting over the hills far, far to the south. Uh, yeah, pure south. And eventually, after maybe about um, half a day, maybe a little bit more, kind of talking about mid to late afternoon, so sort of like 4 or 5 p.m., um, you begin to see the workings of Red Spring. Uh, so named um, because a river that runs from the mountains, um, whatever whatever kind of like ore or soil is up in the mountains uh, gives the water a kind of reddish color uh, as it winds its way through the hills and the forests um, and passes by a town. The, the, the village really would have once been quite picturesque. Uh, there is a forest nearby, the mountains behind it and this lovely spring. However, the land has, as you begin to get closer and closer, the grass turns less green becoming almost gray you look and see that the waterbed has long since overflow uh flooded um water has spilled out and created an almost swamp-like bog that just runs through most of the hills and area all of this kind of uh lowlands collecting creating a fetid horrible stench of decay and rot the buildings have all collapsed into disrepair. Their wood is rotten with fungus, but all of it is an unpleasant shade of gray. The wood, the fungus, the ground, 
And as the company marches, it's almost like the conversation, the kind of hums of the soldiers as they're making their way seem to carry further, uh, less in the air. You feel it's difficult to think of joyful things. Not impossible, but it's easy to linger on the bleak moments as you get closer and closer to this place. Uh, Azara being more magically in tuned uh and marcel and actually actually all of you guys at this point you all have magical senses azara you would know that some a very terrible magic was unleashed here long ago during something called the spell plague you would have learned about it in the history of the forgotten realms um when basically the weave of magic was broken the goddess mistara was destroyed uh this place would have been yeah damaged in some sort of magical attack or eruption you're not quite sure what but yeah something terrible has happened here agnes it's more of a feeling a connection with the land uh this place has long been abandoned by the spirits of life um the spirits of of the earth itself uh the bog is really just a kind of fetid bubbling ooze of anguish uh this place no animals live here no no animals would come near this place uh this is a dead zone really uh marcel the sword uh you know definitely warns you and picks up on this uh kind of reminding you yeah something terrible something terrible happened here long ago but i think that the scions have been doing something here i i can feel the magic that they used something like it's nearby i i don't know where exactly but the scions have definitely been here um the Tarkal, it's not an it's not a sense of your own, but almost like whispered words from your brooch, the cloak pin that you received as a gift. Just a very faint kind of Willow Song's words that just before you left almost seemed to kind of echo in your mind. Not that you recalled them, but as if they were whispered in your ear. Be careful. Magic is at foot here. Uh, yeah. Uh, the soldiers, uh, eventually Elissa and Hadley call the companies to a stop. Um, just shy. You can see the, the village is still a distance away, but you can begin to see the terrain change. Um, they take refuge in amongst the mountains and the rocks, uh, and Elissa and Hadley kind of approach the four of you. Elissa's the first one to speak. <clears throat> uh, well, my lord, my lady, advises, uh, Minister, Magister, <clears throat> We've had a few forward scouts. Mr. Cooper and I have been uh, communicating. Um, the Whoever is here, there's a mercenary force in that village. Um, they're keeping themselves hidden, but they have archers, uh, ground troops, um, certainly enough to kind of match us one for one right now. Uh, they hold the terrain, and this bog is going to make approaching them difficult. Uh, certainly, we won't be able to approach them by surprise through this thick swamp uh we need to discuss how we wish to proceed um and she looks at the four of you mr cooper and i can answer your questions but this is it's not going to be easy would it be advisable to send a scout ahead 
we have done we, we've sent some scouts in uh, as close as we can get uh, we estimate them to have around about oh, like i said an even an equal number of troops to our own about 100 or so uh, maybe slightly more uh, they seem to be split into two major forces archers who occupy the buildings uh, they have cover fortification their morale will be significantly improved as long as they can hold those buildings the ground troops will have the same problems as us they'll need to meet us in a field of battle however they can simply wait and let their archers loot soften us up before we can even reach them um, how many buildings are there um, and are they flammable Mm, difficult the wet terrain is going to make setting them alight difficult uh, mm -hmm. even with mm -hmm. uh, lady agnes's powers uh it's very damp terrain here the wood is mainly rotten um, but it is sodden through uh in terms of buildings it's a small village a number of homes the three main buildings we've identified appear to be uh some sort of temple um an inn and a water mill on the spring's edge the ground troops are mainly centered around that mill. Uh, we think that that might be where whoever Hadley's people identified may be in or have been using. Marcel, this is your area of expertise. Would you have us send in a stealth contingent to take out the leaders first or run head on? Do I have any kind of inkling, like, or is it just kind of like, what would I think? No, yeah, it's you can have an inkling. Like, um, if you want to ask me for like some tips and stuff like that, I guess maybe make a um, make an intelligence check for me. So just d twenty plus intelligence for me, Marcel. This would kind of be like the military tactics that you've picked up through your time spent as a mercenary. Twenty two. 22 very good so there's a couple of things uh first of all uh Elisa mentioned it and as agnes asks about it stealth is going to be very difficult for anybody traveling on foot um the bog is gonna basically make it impossible you'll have to schlup and schlump your way through the the bog itself to reach the buildings there's also not a lot of coverage uh once you get out into the open um the buildings themselves are the only real things around uh, nearby there is a stream uh, the stream appears to be a very fast flowing current. So again, making your way through that isn't going to be particularly stealthy or quick. It's going to be quite difficult to do. Um, what may be better in terms of best here, the biggest problem is the archers. Uh, being able to force them out of the buildings will lower their morale, which will make them easier to deal with. Uh, and just in general, in terms of these kind of unit battles, morale is the biggest one. Um, it's no good inflicting injuries on the enemy unit if they don't break. You need to mm. break them. It's it's better to cause them to give up and surrender than it is to try and kill them to the last fighter. Uh, so anything you can do to help do that is going to be very beneficial. Um, in terms of mechanics, game mechanics here, so there's a couple of things. So I mentioned that this isn't really a fight where you guys as individuals, like your individual attack bonuses and stuff are going to matter. Uh, but that doesn't mean you can't get involved. Um, so for the melee fighters, uh, in specifically, you could put yourself within a unit and then you could either choose to try and bolster the morale or demoralize the enemy, or you could try and lead them in combat, which will actually give them a bonus to their role. And you'll make the roles for that combat unit. Basically, you'll add your proficiency bonus to their attack roles when they're attacking another unit because you're kind of leading the charge that will put you at risk of taking damage. Um, 
Bolstering morale can be done without risking yourself, but you won't have as much of a direct impact on the fight. Mm. The other thing is you have many spellcasters with you. Now, spells are a little bit different to fighting one-on-one. Spells that target one or two creatures aren't going to be very useful. But AoE spells, spells that can affect a wide area, Wall of Flame, Fireball, Lightning Bolt, very, very effective against these massed units. Um, the the mage Fireball. will basically... <laughs> You will need to have a mage embedded into a unit, uh, which puts them at risk of taking damage, but they can use an AoE spell to target an enemy unit and try and inflict casualties. So they can basically try and take out huge chunks of enemy soldiers whilst your guys are fighting them as well. Um, and then it basically comes down to some rolls. I'm not going to bore you with all the stats of each of the unit, but sure. I'll basically tell you, okay, you're going to roll a d20 and you're going to add this and you're trying to beat this number. Um, uh, and that's it. So if I, as a caster, wanted to cast a large fireball at one of the buildings. I would have to put myself in a unit. Because you'll need to get close enough. So at the moment, you're like a thousand feet away from the village, right? You're kind of spying it from afar. To attack it, to fireball it, you obviously need to get within range. That's going to put you in range of their, like, archers firing back at you. Stuff like that. So yeah. So you you basically, it's the risk versus reward of Mm -hmm. you can do some incredible damage to enemy units, Mm -hmm. but you're also at threat of 30 arrows being shot at you. And even if you've got the best defenses in the world, some of them are going to get through and cause harm. So um, it's that kind Um, of thing. Is there a way, like, do we see any any way to go around this bog or the whole village so it's the Mm -hmm. area that the village has been built on it's next to this long kind of red river the river Mm -hmm. has become flooded and the whole area has become like a a swampy farmland so it's not like it's between you and the village the the village is in the bog like it's the area all around it like a radius out from the village itself Mm -hmm. um has become like this fetid swampland so then could we take the is there any kind of like formation where we can take the spellcasters and then have whoever's chonky like stand guard with them and try and tank yeah you could definitely try and focus like you could basically order like some of the knights right okay you're gonna take on a defensive position in advance and try and protect you know azara and agnes as much as possible that will make them less effective at fighting themselves but it will Mm -hmm. give the spellcasters more of a defense uh from being attacked yes i'm pretty chonky I have cool. so many fun AoE spells. Same. I have a lower armor class now and not many hit points, but I think it's worth the risk, especially because I have cleric stuff now. Yeah. And Tarkal, go on. I have an enhance ability spell I've been waiting to use that could kind of bolster some of us if we're worried that it's there that we're too squishy. Yeah. Also, I think we both have fireball, which can just decimate. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Very having the spellcasters like with AOE spells is going to be very very helpful here. That's like your big advantage. Um, I also obviously, have fog cloud, which could give us some magical cover, cover. things like that. So things like outside the box, if you want to try and create cover, if you want to try and uh, do things like that, just tell me what you want to do, and then I'll make up a ruling for it. Um, obviously, if they have enemy mages, they can do the same thing back to you guys if they have AOE, AOE mm. spells. Tarkle, because I know you don't necessarily have lots of like AoE spells, but you probably want to get in and do the fighting. Uh, like I said, you've got two options. You can basically lead a unit, so you could join, say, like Marcel's unit and act as like a, you know, like Aragorn in Lord of the Rings when he leads like the ghosts. Mm-hmm. Aragorn himself 
doesn't do a lot of killing. Like he's there, but he's like the force that everybody's around and he's lending his kind of inspiration and leadership, which makes them fight better. That's the kind of thing we're going for here, right? This okay. is Lord of the Rings, Aragorn leading the charge, uh, you know, and everybody kind of doing better because he's there, right? Yeah. Spear the bomb energy, I understand. I will yeah. do that. Yeah. Cool. And then the same for Marcel. Now, I know Marcel has a good mix of both, right? Like, Marcel can be like, I'm going to cast a spell, and then next turn I'm going to lead the battle, and then next turn I'm going to cast a spell again, which is perfect for this kind of, like, formation, basically. Sweet. I'm in cool. Um, so I would like from you guys, you have two units. Uh, I'd like two of you to nominate yourselves as the commanders, like who's going to roll the dice for those units. Um, and then it's, we're going to, we're going to roll some initiative. Uh, I'll nominate myself as a leader. Yeah. Cool. Agnes I'll... wants to ride into battle too. Sure. But she okay. respects Marcel's authority on those choices. Yeah. Sure. She also specifically details to Marcel these things, that she can cast plant growth, which is a 100-foot AoE that reaches up with plants and makes everything difficult terrain, like super difficult, so it holds everybody in place. And same with, she also has erupting earth. So both of those are like, if we want to hold a giant group of people in one place for a coordinated attack, she could be the one to start that off. Mm. Azara would also like to detail her fog cloud, which is 120 foot range, but it's a 20 foot radius. So it could possibly give us cover so they can't see where we Makes are. Makes it harder. It would definitely yeah. make it harder to attack you. Yeah. To attack you'd us. Gain, yeah, um, you'd gain the benefits of concealment, which also, is disadvantage on attacks. Fireball, which is a giant 20 foot flame that magically ignites anything flammable. Dope. Okay. So you want any details from me, Marcel? Because I feel left out here. I could tell you what I had for breakfast. Or... <laughs> uh, I also, um, I totally forgot to mention this before we left, but if you would allow me to retcon it, I would have liked to have bought one or two diamonds just in case we need a revivify spell. Um, considering you have access to Arabelle, which is a major city, and you had that eight weeks... Yes. How much though? How many diamonds and what cost? It's a diamond worth 300 GP. So I would buy at least one no matter what, but then I would ask the rest of the crew. I think crew. you can get two. I okay. think if you wanted to, you could buy up to two, but getting like more diamonds than that is, yeah, you're going to like a major city, you could definitely get them, but you'd have to like custom order them and, you know, mm -hmm. be like, oh yeah, yeah, we can provide that and stuff. So. It was more a matter of like, I know we have limited gold. So I didn't want to be like, I'm just going to sure. spend oh, 600 yeah, yeah. gold. If, I'm that sure is the half group of our money. Yeah. So I was going to say one. <laughs> yeah. Sure. One's fine. This is to bring someone back to life. So is everyone within cool a minute? With that? If they die, it's within yeah. a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. If 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 two of us are failing death saving rolls, then there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. So I'm going to put it down as Tarkle is going to be with the Evening Star Infantry, which is Illyssa's unit. Um, uh, who, what about Marcel? I'm assuming you're going to be taking charge for Hadley's unit. Yep. Hadley's heroes. Um, okay. And then Agnes and uh, Azari, you're both going to go into battle. Yes. Yeah. It yes. doesn't really matter which unit you're in. Um, it just, so I know that you're both there basically. Yes. Okay. So <clears throat> as uh, you know, you are going, gathering everything together. Uh, Alyssa and Hadley, Hadley will come over and say, <clears throat> if we attack at night, 
it will give us an advantage against the archers, uh, but it will also make it harder for our own troops to fight. Making our way through the bog in the dark is tricky. Otherwise, we've got to wait till morning. Hmm. I don't know what magic the Magister and your ladyship have, uh, if they can provide any additional support, coverage. That's um, something we should consider. Anything? Sorry, I was adding my diamond to my character sheet. What is the goal? The We're trying to figure out if we should attack at night or in the morning. Night gives us, you know, more advantage, but it also makes it harder. Yeah. So, like, the archers would probably have a harder time shooting you, but your melee troops will be less effective when they do get into battle. If we light buildings on fire, that will give... That's what I was going to suggest, is, like, yeah. I can I can cast all manner of fire spells. I don't yeah. have any, like, light spells. If we if we just light up the entire town, that should give up enough of a light for the troops to fight by. Sure. And take down the archers in one fell I mean, we could start the whole thing off with a wall of fire, and then no one and can come toward us, and we can fight from behind it, and it'll light everything up. Just keep in mind, the, the other thing to mention is things like Wall of Fire, It's not. it will have its effect of like it creates a wall, but these units are so many people, they can go around the sides of it. Like it's not going to uh, create like a, mm. like a full Wall of Fire. It's still going to be effective. It's still going to cause damage and restrict their movements, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, it's not going to stop them getting to you. Same also, with like right. the archers shooting through it and stuff like Two that. Two simultaneous fireballs onto buildings to just light them ablaze. You can't fight in a burning building or you're going to burn to death. Is this whole town with the scions? Are we we're ready to set a flame to a, a town that we don't know if there's innocent people in here? Yeah, I'm not super keen on like I, I assume they took this town. So is it like someone else's property? I would rather not burn it down if it is. Are you asking me as Dungeon Master, like, do we know if this town has yeah. got people in it and stuff? So <clears throat> the scouts, uh, Elissa and Hadley scouts, report back that they haven't seen any um, townsfolk. Uh, this place also looks like it has not been lived in for a long time. This is like, it looks like an abandoned place. It yeah. looks yeah. abandoned, right? Burn it's, it. You know, Burn the it. all of the buildings are like wet, sodden wood that has been like in this bog. Uh, all the ground is flooded. Um, there's moss and all sorts of just like, you know, fetid wet growth everywhere. Um, they've seen the mercenaries in the town, you know, occupying the buildings and they have small camps um, in the in the town itself as well. Uh, that's that's who they've seen. Um, and these mercenaries, uh, they appear to mainly be a mixture of uh, humans, hobgoblins and goliaths. So they look pretty tough. They look quite brutal. Um, they're wearing like all mismatched armor and, you know, they don't look like trained knights, but they lo do look like they know what they're doing. Um, I admire how you are able to say the word fetid without it sounding dumb, in, like in it does in an American <laughs> accent. When you say fetid with an American accent, it's fetid. Fetid. Yeah. Fetid. Fetid genie. Also amazing vocabulary. Genie. I, well, I, think I so repeated amazing. a few words, but thank you. No, I, <laughs> I mean, read a lot of fantasy books. It's just such a books. good descriptive word. <laughs> it is. It's so good. It creates like a real image in your mind. Yeah, I know exactly um, what you mean now. Cool. All right. So, my good I, friends. Let's get it. You tell me what you want to do. We look to Marcel. Or at least I do. Yeah, same. 
Likewise. It's all on Nate today. Well, I think we have a plan, so I think we're going to do it. We're doing it at, we're doing it now at night, right? Is the plan, is the plan to shoot fire until everything's on fire? I believe so. Great. I love it. Great plan. Agnes is (laughs) uncharacteristically like jazzed. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I don't have fireball, Azara. I have scorching ray though, which will work. They took fireball away from her, sadly. Mm -hmm. I know, isn't that so the bridge incident? Circle, no, Circle <laughs> of Wildfire Druid doesn't have fireball. No. Took it away. I will fireball for the both of us then. I can Scorching Ray. It'll Let's be do fine. It. Yeah. You can also so wildfire. The thing I'm yeah. going to say for you, uh, Agnes, things like Scorching Ray only targets normally like one creature. Those are not effective. It needs to be in a spell. You that can, can curl them area. at one target or several. Oh, because it's three rays. That's what it means. Yeah. So gotcha. like three rays is like three soldiers out of a hundred. It's not as effective I'm, as. I'm like not going to shoot fireball. it at people. I'm going to shoot it at buildings. Okay. Can I target right. one and building? That, that's fine. Yeah. If you want to target the buildings with the rays, yeah. that's that's a different thing. But if you wanted yeah. to go for the units, that that's yeah. it's not going to be effective. I so have, you I have theoretically can light three buildings in one turn. Yes. Exactly. Potentially. Potentially. And I can do like a, I can do flaming sphere, but it's five foot diameter. So it's still AOE. And if people run into it, it sucks for them, but it's not anything like fireball. Also, can you imagine if you wall of fired diagonally just <laughs> through <laughs> the village? Yeah, wall of fire is definitely going to be a big one. And then it goes whoosh on either side. Like that's, okay. that's, the, that's the play. So uh, real got... quick question. Sure. That's great. While I'm setting something up. Do I know... If there's a particular attire worn by these scions, mm, at least from yes. what I remember, there is. Yeah, you remember that they had uh, robes of white and gold, um, and that quite frequently featured a kind of uh, broken golden disc on a field of black, um, like a kind of shattered disc, like a kind of disc that has been broken in the middle and then pulled apart. Um, it's like one of their symbols that they have. Um, mm. So yeah, they would have like these white robes with kind of like golden epaulets and shoulder armor, um, braces, gauntlets, that sort of thing, um, and masks. They have these almost like golden face masks that completely shroud who they are. Um, Ooh, before we start, I want to summon my fire spirit as well. Mm-hmm. Whose name, by the way, I've been waiting. I knew the right name would come to me. The name of the fire spirit is Candor. I like I'll that. describe the outfits of these signs at least that i know mm-hmm. and just let them know that i want at least one alive sure yeah uh the scouts uh had uh, the scouts uh of hadley's unit and Alyssa's. we haven't seen anyone matching that description uh minister yet but like i said the scouts who have followed this place before they saw somebody matching that description we think that they're in the area but we don't think they're here right now uh, we think this is mainly the mercenaries. They may be guarding something. There may be like another building that we we haven't found, or maybe there's a cellar where these uh, individuals are hiding out. Um, but our first our first obstacle is getting through these units. Mm. Very well. All right. Okay. Well, in that case, I would like uh, let's. I mean, if it sounds like Tarkle is going to roll for the Evening Star Infantry, and Marcel's going to roll for Hadley's Heroes. Um, uh, Agnes and Azara, uh, you guys will get an action as part of those units as well, right? So you guys don't need to roll initiative on on an infant on a unit's turn. We'll basically have one of the guys go, and then one of you go, and then the next unit, you, the other one will go, right? So give me some initiative rolls, then, please, gentlemen. Uh, meanwhile, 
I need to do that as well. Is everyone's initiative bonus plus four right now? It feels so high. Mine is plus one. JK. Oh, my units are very slow. Right. Uh, so, uh, Tarkle for Evening Star's infantry and Alyssa's unit. 16. 16. And Marcel for Hadley's Heroes unit. 14. 14. Okay. So, <clears throat> to begin with, uh, the Evening Star Infantry, Tarkle, your unit uh, takes the ground first. Um, the disciplined training, uh, they quickly kind of raise shields. Um, I'm assuming Agnes would be with them, and then Azara will be with Marcel's unit for the time being. Uh, as the, yeah, the two of you and the unit begin making your way forwards. Uh, it's going to basically take their action to cross the battle line due to the bog. Um, so your unit won't be able to attack this turn, uh, but you can attempt to... Uh, Either, Tarkal, uh, your options are to try and demoralize the enemy or bolster morale, and then Agnes, you basically have an action to cast a spell or, yeah, do the same sort of thing. I would like to bolster morale. Okay, so to do that, uh, that is a persuasion check, please. <laughs> okay. Luckily, you're quite good at these. I rolled a 17, so that's 29. Oh is there a He is, like, Tarkal is, is literally Aragorn. Like, he's the kind of, like, <laughs> woodsman who is going to become king. Uh, so, yeah, you you basically kind of, like, you know, how what does it look like? Because it is kind of charging into battle. This isn't a speech. This is, like, you know, a couple of shouts or a brief kind of, or an action that you take that's going to yeah. uplift the, the soldiers around you. I think the action would be me ripping off my hood, because normally I'm, I'm hooded when I go into battle, but I would rip it off. And I'd throw my kiss of silver into the moonlight mm -hmm. and I'd just scream to battle. And then <laughs> perfect. Yeah. And then like the soldiers like, ah, and they begin cheering and then they charge forward with their shields. Um, you have given them advantage on the next morale check they have to make. So that if they are forced to make a morale check, if they take casualties or if the enemy casts spells on them, they will have advantage because you've, you've taken that action to bolster them. Uh, cool. Agnes, would you like to cast a spiel? I sure would. How many buildings are there? So there's a lot. They're, they're, well, not a lot, but there's like, you know, maybe four or five smaller wooden homes. Most of them look quite decrepit and dilapidated. And then there are the three main buildings. One appears to be some sort of temple. Um, you see the symbol of a kind of rising sun, like a dawn. Uh, if you were another character, you would definitely recognize this uh, holy symbol, um, but you're not. Uh, there is also a inn-like building. It looks to be like a kind of two-story inn or tavern. Um, and then there is the water mill on the very bank of the flooded river, um, which is where a large contingent of these uh, soldiers, uh, the mercenaries rather, seem to be. Something, something as if from a past life within Agnes recoils at the idea of shooting fire at this temple. Of yep. this unknown deity. This morning lord. She shakes it off. And she will just cast um, second level Scorching Ray just to start things off, you know, with some restraint, which is three bolts. And she's going to shoot one each at each of these three buildings. Okay. Um, so uh, I would like you to roll just a straight d20. So as the fire hits these buildings, the sodden wood, the kind of wet conditions around them, this wood is, it's going to, it, it's not, 
I don't want to say it can't set alight, but it's harder for it to burn uh, because it's so sort of wet and sodden from the moisture in the air. But roll a d20 for me. I got a Just five. Just a straight up d20. You got a five? Mm. Okay. So the first uh, ray, as it hits the building, um, this will be for the first building, uh, it sizzles against it and you hear the kind of crackling of wood and, and splinters, but it doesn't quite manage to catch a light fully. Um, the, the scorching ray itself, not quite enough to kind of cause any explosive force to erupt it into flame. Tro roll again for the second building. Come on, big money. Yeah. <sighs> Seven. I'm going to basically give this like a 50-50 chance of it setting a light. Yeah. So the seven, second building, the temple doesn't quite match. So the watermill and the temple, neither of them set a light. But the inn, roll it for a third time. It was like almost a 20, but then it was an eight. So the three wow. kind of beams, they crackle and spit, uh, but the lights just do not go up. The, the beams do kind of cast this orange glow over the battlefield, and you can see, very much like a World War II movie, your own knights kind of stomping and pulling themselves through thick mud, making their way towards this village, as you begin to see the glint of arrow tips um, and other armoured-looking figures making their way towards your own troops. At least I provided some light, but... As usual, someone other than me hopefully will do better. So I summon Candor to cast Flame Seed on one of the buildings I did not manage to light. Okay, so one of the like homes and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, same thing. No, so no, roll a one D20 of the ones I tried to light. But oh, right. I, didn't. I see. Okay, but you didn't. Okay. So yeah, same thing. Roll a d20 for me. Okay, come on. Come on. You sweet little fiery phoenix. Three. So again, it kind of launches fire, but the you know the moisture in the air, even just moving through it yourself, it's damp. You know the wood itself must be so wet through that it's just finding a hard like spark to to fully catch. Um, so yeah, the three the three bits of flame do not manage to take. Don't any you love efforts. when you do nothing on your turn? It's funny. Uh, Marcel, uh, Azara, and Hadley's heroes. So Hadley's troops, um, a little bit more lightly armored, but packing much more punch with their kind of enchanted weapons, um, begin quickly making their way across the terrain as well. Very much like Evening Star's infantry, it's going to be their whole action to try and move across this bog. Um, but the two of you both get actions. Um, you can cast a spell, or you can bolster morale, try and demoralize. Um, if, uh, if you're in battle, you could also try and lead the charge. Can I, how would demoralizing go? So that would be an intimidation check. Okay. Yep. Uh, because of the dark conditions, how are you going to intimidate them, Marcel? Like, what is Marcel doing? Um, yelling. Okay, so just to kind of like... We're gonna kind of cut you up. That kind of just like yelling things at them to try and demoralize. No, I, no, that's he wouldn't yell. It would. Whoever it would shot be. That it, would just, arrow, yeah, come it would just be hell. like a. It would just be like a broody, angry <sighs> presence. Sure. Just like okay, that's yelling. fine. Yeah, that's fine too. I'm gonna say disadvantage like just because it's dark and so it's obviously harder to see you. Um, but you can still definitely make it. It's like and a Captain Levi, like completely nonplussed, mm -hmm. just angry eyes, angry. And my other question, yep. Nate, is which of the two units? So they clearly have like a melee unit and then they have their archer unit. Who do you want to try and demoralize? Archer. Okay, sure. So you so said intimidation check with disadvantage, please. Okay. Fourteen and fourteen. 
14. Huh. Just not enough. Um, whether it's it's not because you're not intimidating, you are, but in the dark gloom, knowing that they've got the high ground, the enemy doesn't seem shaken yet. Uh, that resolve may waver as they uh, are actually engaged into combat and can see you much more clearly. Um, but yeah, they are not demoralized for the time being. Um, Azara, what would you like to do on your action? Um, you said that when the rays went off, there were arrow glints. Where did I see the most arrow glints coming from? Uh, the inn, the temple, um, not the mill. The mill doesn't seem to have any arches in it. And then mm -hmm. all of the little houses and villages, mm -hmm. most of the top floors and the bottom floors are clearly, the arches have got like fortifications. So they've kind of like put up like small barricades and barriers mm -hmm. to make sure that they've got covered positions to attack from. Um, I'm going to uh, quicken my spells so I can get two, two little pew-pews off. Um, I know one will be a firebolt, but that's going to go towards a building specifically. But first, I'm going to cast a uh, level three fireball at whoever within 20 feet would do the most damage. So you don't need to worry about like the 20 feet. So in oh, this okay. in this instance, mm -hmm. you tell me the unit. So if you're going for the archers, archers in the buildings, yeah, great. archers in the so, buildings. So what I'd like you to do to represent that you're not just like hitting a couple of them, you're hitting like a big unit and there's other effects going on. Yeah. I'd like you to just roll a d20 and then add your spell casting ability modifier. And this is against the art, the unit's toughness. So this would be your charisma modifier if this gotcha. is a sorcerer spell. Haha, <laughs> dope. That is a 19. 19. So the archers, you hear uh, this tiny bead of orange light flies out of Azara's hands and impacts against one of these buildings, probably the inn, uh, and this huge fireball explodes outwards. You hear the cry of archers and everything else. Uh, that penetrates their defenses. So what it does is it, it deals damage to them, like mm -hmm. damage, um, equal to half the level of the spell. So what level spell was it? Third level fireball. Yeah. So this Fair would be level. two. We'll round up. So their casualty die, which represents like how many of them there are, goes down by two. Um, and that means that they're basically falling lower in number. So you see several of them kind of like burst apart and uh, they begin shouting orders to kind of regroup and like, ah, oh, they've got mages. We need to track them down. Find out who cast that spell. Focus fire. And they're kind of calling out orders. But you can see charred bodies kind of collapsed everywhere else, um, having heavily injured the arch unit. I'd also like you to roll a d20 to see if the building's set aflame. 17. 17. So the inn begins to crackle and spit as a fire has been lit it will have to build up over time but the sodden wood has definitely taken to the flame and is beginning to crackle and burn can i cast um, that firebolt since i quickened my spell so you quickened that building? yeah if yeah. you've marked off the sorcery points yeah you yeah. can uh, fireball at one of the buildings dope i want to go for the you said there was a church and a a temple and then houses where the rest of the arches were probably the temple since it's one firebolt sure um, okay so it's a, just a d20 15? 15. So again, the kind of fireball impacts maybe catching like some, the kind of like a straw thatch roof rather than the thick wooden timbers. And it begins to smoke and smolder, catching a flame. Again, we'll take some time to build up in heat, uh, but it does manage to start burning. Cool. Um, great stuff. That is so... my turn. I'm, this is me using rules that I've borrowed from, like I've taken from my friend Matt Colville's book and then I've added my own stuff. So I am being a little bit like double checking stuff. Uh, okay. So the next two things that happen is the archers are going to take aim and fire at your units. Um, and then the melee troops are going to engage your own as well. Um, so the archers will take fire at 
probably uh, the unit that Azara is part of, which is Hadley's unit. Uh, and they do this by making an attack roll uh, versus Hadley's unit, which I need to bring up. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. This is a lot of stuff going on. So their defense is 12. So the archers, Hadley's unit uh, manages to kind of take, uh, they manage to duck and cover, raise shields, um, kind of leap out of the way as arrows thud. Um, Marcel and Azara, you manage to avoid them as well as this attack kind of focuses down. Uh, not taking any damage this turn as the archers kind of all bed around you uh not make seemingly not making any major impact on that uh they are still remaining in most of their buildings as they still mostly have them uh under control uh without too much flames um the melee unit then you hear this kind of battle cry you hear this kind of like oh come on earn your gold and then this just surge of these muscular goliaths and hobgoblins and uh worn humans covered in armor and blades just come charging out of the darkness uh in towards uh your own units and they're going to engage uh the infantry unit with tarkle and um agnes in it uh so these guys are trying to beat defense 12 uh, and they do. They, the, the clash is quite monumental. The blades, the sound of armor ringing around you. Agnes and Tarko, you are caught in the middle of it as just bodies seem to just fill in around you. You're having to defend yourselves. Like Tarko, you're kind of parrying blows, leaping to the side. Agnes, you know, you've got your flame spirit next to you. You're kind of warding them off with magic as these blows kind of encircle. But uh, they do press you uh, for the advantage. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, so they do the attack power, power check against toughness. Um, okay, so as the battle clashes against you two, the your own troops manage to fight back enough that they don't take any major casualties. They're not going to have their casualty die reduced. So they begin parrying blades, and a big grand melee has now taken place out in front of, uh, of the kind of main village area in this thick bog. People trying to pull themselves free as, as swords and that clatter around you. Um, you guys are going to take a little bit of damage, uh, just those of you who are inside. Uh, so if you guys could mark off one hit dice... Uh, for me so rather than taking damage you basically lose one of your hit dice um so that if you rest it's harder for you to heal up that's okay. basically only agnes and tarkle agnes and tarkle yes because okay. they were in the unit that was engaged and this represents by the way it's not necessarily damage but prolonged fighting because we're not checking this in rounds this is like five minutes of like like constant battling and shouting and fatigue overtaking you right it's cool uh so as it goes on and on, uh, it will get worse and worse. Uh, but then we go back up to the top, and it is your infantry's turn to shine, uh, Tarkle and Agnes. Uh, so my question to you is, what would you guys like to do? Um, I just I realized I didn't have my HP at max, but I assume we we had rested up. You would before. have long rested, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. You would have been at full HP. Mm -hmm. Um. Go ahead, Tarkal, if you want to go first. Um, I mean, I, so my my options really are leading and bolstering and demoralizing. Well, yes. demoralizing and bolstering, right? Yeah, bolstering, demoralizing, or basically participating in the battle and leading your own troops, like you know, charging in with your own weapons and stuff. Are we and... close enough where I can charge in now? As yes. a yeah, okay, you are I in want... the fight. Like yeah, the I'm fight is around you. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I not like charge. a charge. You're like in the fight already, so it's more like you're like come on, and then you're kind of like you know coordinating attacks and stuff. Like okay. That. 
Yeah, I cool. don't want to do that. So the way this works is you're going to add your proficiency bonus to your unit's attack dice um, for this round, right? Uh, okay. This is exhausting, however. Doing this is like you fighting very hard for like the next five minutes. Um, so uh, you can make an attack roll as your unit and give it a plus with your proficiency bonus of plus four. Add seven, d20 plus seven. Okay, d20 plus seven. I rolled a 13, so dirty 20. Dirty 20. So your unit clashes into the unit you're fighting and they they manage to put the pressure onto the enemy. Now I would like you to roll, um, and this is a to see how much damage you can do. Uh, it's a d20 plus five. Okay, d20 plus five. Mm -hmm. Oh, that fell off my desk. Everyone ignore me. I'm not even here. Here we go. That's a 12, so 17. 17. Okay. So uh, with that, um, the unit that you're currently engaging, uh, which is not the archers, which I forgot is actually only a D4, not a D6. Um, the unit you're fighting uh, begins to become diminished. Uh, so as you are fighting against them, your guys are actually managed to cause injuries and casualties. With you leading the charge, Kiss of Silver kind of flying out of your hands, uh, you manage to take out some of the troops around you, and that gives your unit a chance to break through their lines and start getting their own uh, attacks in. You do gain a level of exhaustion, however, Tarkle. So this is very, very tiring to lead the charge. Um, yes. So uh, an exhaustion um, won't take an immediate effect right now, but you'll have disadvantage on ability checks um, once this battle is over, basically, for uh, some time. Okay. Um, cool. Uh, so I'm just checking something. Uh, okay. Uh, the other thing, I forgot to do this when uh, Zara's fireball went off. I'm going to check the morale of the archers um because they basically uh were in a burning building okay so because the, they they're not just yet uh but oh. they're they're leading to it so they managed to succeed on their morale check for this turn but they're going to have to keep doing it basically because you've diminished them um so tarkle you've done that agnes so while tarkle is like leading the troops and engaging in melee fighting what's agnes doing Are there any um like regiments that are advancing but haven't engaged with us yet that i can see there, there will be so imagine that the unit is like fighting you at the moment like you've got two units probably like 50 60 people or like fighters individually and they're clashing but some of them are going to be smaller groups like peeling around to try and get around your flanks to try and support the archers to try and go towards like the marcel's unit it's like a big grand melee right so if you wanted to like cast wall of fire for example you're still going to be able to hit just the enemy unit and you're still going to be just as effective you're not going to be at any risk of injuring your own unit or anything like that well what i'm specifically trying to do is like mm. my unit is fighting with mm -hmm. another unit and agnes is taking the time to look around and be like what is our next threat like is someone coming to flank us is someone coming behind to reinforce whatever gotcha gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. so if there is someone that i, I think like a and someone's coming around to flank mm -hmm. then i want to cast plant growth at our flank Okay, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, okay. So this will work. Um, yeah, let's do this the same way that it would be like a damaging spell, but we just won't have it cause casualties. We'll give them a penalty instead. So what I'd like you to do, Agnes, is D20 plus your spell casting ability modifier. So your wisdom modifier for you. So like a spell attack. Yeah, but just without the proficiency bonus. So D20 plus just the wisdom modifier. Okay. <laughs> 
10. Uh, it's still, it still, you know, has an effect. Um, so you watch as the plant growth kind of erupts around um, and it, you, yeah, it begins slowing down the unit trying to get to the flank of you. Um, that unit's going to have disadvantage on its next attack rolls, but it's not enough to cause a morale check. It's not going to cause them to panic. You see the Goliaths and like, they've got some sort of spells, can't move, ha begin hacking and they're kind of shouting orders, but they're not panicking. They're kind of keeping their cool about it, but they're going to have disadvantage on the next attack rolls against your unit. Cool. It's supposed to make it so that they have to spend four feet of movement for every one foot they move. So I'm just trying yeah. to keep them out of the way until we can finish with these guys. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of all of this is happening at once. And rather than breaking it down into like individual, like I've got to track their movements and stuff, it has an effect on the whole unit because this whole this unit can't support them. So the rest of the unit is at disadvantage for their attacks and stuff like that. Great. Cool. And then my wildfire spirit is going to try again. To, to try and set a building aflame. Yeah, she, she, poor little Candor's like, patoo, patoo, <laughs> just spitting fireballs. Sure. Yeah. So d20, uh, and it's a 50 50. You want uh, an 11 or higher? 14. 14. So, which building is this on? We've currently got the inn and the temple are aflame. And then there's a few residential buildings, and then there is a mill, but the mill seems to be empty. It doesn't seem to have anybody in it anymore. Um, I, I still do the mill because the goal was okay. these three non-residential buildings to be ablaze to like light the battlefield and sure okay uh so you watch as the the fire spirit kind of hits this uh building and yeah it begins to kind of smoke and smolder and will begin to set a light as well uh as you do so amazing perfect uh marcel's unit so azara marcel and your unit marcel you're going to be rolling for your unit um what would you like to do would you like to try and lead them in battle cast a spell or morale um if i choose i can just take like a regular turn right or uh well you're be... you could take a regular turn but things like your own individual attacks aren't going to be much use here because you're kind of fighting too many people at once um that's what the lead the charge yeah. action kind of is is like you basically leading your troops and then you'll give them a bonus to their attacks basically because you're kind of helping them fight uh, in general or well, you could like cast a spell well with like as a normal action um okay so let's see because i i had a a combo of bonus action action stuff i wanted to try to do but i had a couple questions about it yeah i think you could still use action surge so like you could like cast a spell action surge lead the charge if you wanted to um well, but yeah you tell me what you want to do so do i see do i see the archers yeah they are so currently uh there's like a big kind of infantry unit that's blocking access to the buildings where the archers in most of the buildings are on fire and there mm -hmm. are archers in those buildings shooting down. Some of them have begun to come outside and are forming up behind their own troops. But they're uh, not like those. on roofs. They're no. like behind windows. Yeah, in uh... windows and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, that changes things. Then do is is there anywhere I see like a group of like just just enemy or is it all like mixed yeah, up? No, absolutely. Yeah, you can target like a small like, you know, it, I, I guess like none of you have been on a battlefield before so it's kind of like there are like these group melees so like there's like 50 60 people having a fight but they'll break off into like there's a unit of 20 that have formed a shield wall and they're clashing with another unit but then there's a group of five who are trying to get round onto their side and disrupt their lines and mm -hmm. there's all these kind of orders being shouted and things like that it's 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 quite chaotic so you can definitely just target a group of enemies fun fact 
like I was laughing because of course none of us have been on a battle before, but you have, haven't you, Mark? Because you yeah, lark. Mark has. Yeah. 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 I've done like so Mark's like, yeah, I guess you guys haven't been battles. on a battlefield. Yeah. I guess yeah. you guys haven't been on a battlefield. Like I have. So no, well, no, it's more like, yeah, like it's it's just one of those things where like, yeah, it's it's a different experience, right? Like, you know, you wouldn't know yeah. what that was even like. Like No, that's just, why you're like, such a DM. You're yeah. speaking from experience. The closest we've ever gotten to a battle is the Battle of Helm's Deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's a very specific type. But even if you watch those movies, like you'll see the same thing. Like, there's a reason that the heroes get to fight like five orcs because all the other orcs are like, "Fuck, I got to deal with these guys," and they're fighting with those guys over there. It's kind of interesting. Um, anyway, carry on, Nate. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll demoralize. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So uh, intimidation check, but no disadvantage this time. This is just you straight up. Everybody can see you, kind of thing. Nope. No. What was the total, just in case? Seven. That's, yeah, that is a no, I'm afraid. Uh, so yeah, you kind of, um, you know, at your presence in the battlefield, uh, things are so chaotic that the enemies almost just aren't noticing you. Like, they're too busy trying to fight against their own unit, or like, you know, order their own group guys and stuff like that. Um, not quite having a full effect. Uh, you could action search and do something else if you like as well. Would I get a bonus action? Yeah, well, technically, it depends on what you want to do as the bonus action. Um, for my bonus action, I want to misty step into the middle of like whatever group of baddies that aren't too tangled up with with friendlies. Sure. I mean, for the purposes of like rule of cool, uh, don't spend the spell slot. We'll just say you misty step because it's really just a flavor de description, right, to what you're doing. Uh, you're kind of you're still going to be all the rules are still going to be the same. You're just kind of engaging a different mm -hmm. group of enemies. Um, well, I was going to misty step into the middle of. Uh -huh. A bunch of them and then action surge thunder wave yeah so the thunder wave works like yeah it, it works exactly the same so don't worry about spending the misty step uh okay. spend the spell slot for thunder wave uh mm -hmm. and then the way it works is just roll a d20 plus your spell casting ability modifier so intelligence i think for eldritch knight mm -hmm. and you're trying to beat their um toughness basically their unit toughness 19 19 is enough yes um and what level is the, is the spell is this a level one second second okay so it's it's they take uh half the level of the spell but uh which will be one uh rather than half uh and yeah the unit around you and which uh, you're fighting the unit that the other guys are fighting so that drops it down to four so you teleport into the middle of this group and then this kind of around you kind of erupts out from you um, and you see bodies kind of flying everywhere as casualties are knocked back um, and sent sprawling by this powerful wave of spell um, and then yeah more enemies begin to close in around you uh, watching their casualties fall apart uh, not quite enough to cause them to break yet but still uh, a powerful impact Azara yes I'm ready who's closer to breaking right now uh, the archers look much more sort of like their numbers you, that fireball nearly took out half of them Wonderful. So. I would like to try and delete the rest of the half of them because I'm going to use my Snowmorn to cast Ice Storm. That sounds very cool. Uh, so yeah, for the purposes of this, it's the same thing. So D20 plus your Charisma modifier. Um, and then you're trying to beat their unit toughness. Cool. Which is 12. That is 17. That is more than enough. And what level is Snowstorm? Four, right? It is a level four, yes. Right. So with this, <laughs> Azara <laughs> in the middle of the unit, uh, and the, the unit's going to get to try and strike you while you're doing this, but while you basically kind of conjure the, the, the broken fragment of the dagger, and you watch as these huge chunks of ice just begin pounding into the buildings where the archers are kind of taking refuge, 
you wipe out the unit. The the unit is basically wiped out as you do this. Uh, <laughs> as the spells just <laughs> good, 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 good. I'm slamming good. down um, and it, and basically finish off the rest of the archers. Uh, any that were left flee. Uh, they just good. begin calling a retreat. They're like, "We need to get out of here. They've got the mages are too strong," and they just begin pulling back. We weren't paid enough for this. Um, and you hear some sort of calls out, of like, "Get back here! Ah, oh, the archers are fleeing!" And the, you know, there's dissension kind of being spread around everybody else. Um, um, I will make a morale check for the remaining unit. They are fine. As a note, this is Azara's mm -hmm. bread and butter as a war wizard. So as she sees that she's demoralized this unit, she like mm. anime Hime laughs in the middle of everything. She's like, <laughs> and like the power is coursing through her. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Uh, she kind of looks unhinged. If anybody looked at her, they'd be a little concerned. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so as you are doing that, though, Azara, uh, the melee units that you that, that is currently engaged with both Elissa's and Marcel's forces, uh, they put the pressure on. Sensing that their mm -hmm. archer line is collapsing, they push the attack onto your unit, Marcel and yours unit with Hadley's unit. Um, and there is casualties for the first time. Several of Hadley's men are kind of cut down, injured, stabbed through with spears or uh, you know thrown hatchets and these sorts of things through the mud. Um, and they will take a casualty die of... Uh, of casualties uh they will take one off however hadley's unit is quite big and so uh they you know these are quite minor casualties the biggest problem is for you and marcel uh as you guys are going to take uh, uh you guys are going to take 10 points of damage and you both lose a hit dice as well um as these attacks uh also begin to affect you you kind of catch a few cuts that? and bruises uh, so just uh, on your character sheet, you can just uh, remove one hit dice, like as in like uh, as if you'd spent it during a short rest. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, Thank you. as if you'd spent it. Yeah. So spend spend a hit dice. Spend really. a hit dice. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but that's really all they can do on their turn, and I'm now going to have to make a check to see if they break. Uh, and they begin to falter. Uh, so you see the kind of melee troops around, even after they kind of cause these injuries, um, they begin pulling back and they are beginning to now break, uh, losing their morale. A couple of their commanders are kind of calling out, shouting like, what, what do we do? Uh, and they're definitely beginning to lose cohesion. Uh, Tarkal and the Evening Star Infantry and Agnes. Um, sorry, quick question. I think yes. I might have erased my max HP modifier from the... Happiness level five. five. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna try to demoralize the unit that we're oh. tangled with. Intimidation. Oh, I'm not as good at that, am I? Oh, but I rolled an 18 plus four, 22. Okay, so they have disadvantage on the next morale check. So you, what, what's, what does this look like for Tarkal? Are you just kind of like screaming bloody murder, or is this just? No, he know... probably throws his hoodie hood back up and then starts like dashing like behind enemies. Yeah, Naruto style cutting throats and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. oh yeah, and it's just very, it's very intimidating uh, to see that kind of over the battlefield. Okay, uh, Agnes. Um. Do I think that either Marcel or Azara or Tarkal, any of their units are in more danger than mine right now? Because uh, I already you... protected my flank. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, right now it looks like the enemy's about to break. It looks like they're about to run away. So oh. this is going in your favor currently. So um, there's those like. Those who are trapped 
are like just about trying to pull themselves free so they can run away. But yeah, this is going very badly for them. So there's no need really to protect anyone at this point. It's mostly offensive. Yeah. Seems All right. Me. Then because Agnes is having a great time now, um, she's going to do summon conjure animals and she's going to conjure um eight giant poisonous snakes and have them wriggle up from the ground under the under the skirmish that she's in um and and she's also doing this in an attempt to to bolster morale i don't know if you'll let me do both of them but like she's like come forth i think it's less bolster bolster morale and more traumatize the enemy i think more than anything snakes just erupt okay so uh just to simplify the mechanics roll d20 plus your spell modifier you summon the snakes let's just see how effective they are at like actually injuring the enemy basically i love that agnes and azar are like this is the greatest day of my life (laughs) (laughs) oh man i am rolling so badly i rolled i'm not using these dice anymore it's my spell still, attack like is said, plus eight so it's still a nine but yeah it, it still has an effect it's just not like as immediate it's not like the same as the you know the fireball which kind of erupts out so the snakes begin pouring up they begin biting individuals but they're still they can only kind of take out one soldier at a time um and in a mass chaos one of them maybe gets trampled um as like the soldiers begin like where are these snakes coming from oh god stab 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 you know as the fight mm-hmm. continues on but it definitely still has an impact uh reducing their casualties by one uh, I will make a morale check for them. Whoop. With disadvantage, that was a two. So with the snake's appearance, with Tarkal kind of dotting in between them and like cutting throats like a shadow, with Marcel kind of exploding these enemies around them and then Agnes, uh, Azara, sorry, ice-storming it, and now magic snakes appearing out of nowhere, the mercenaries, most of them run away the ones who can't drop their weapons and hold their hands up. Uh, and they just say, we, we surrender. You've won. We don't wish to, you, you, we're not going to continue fighting. They just immediately surrender, um, sensing that they cannot win this battle. Uh, rather than, than just die pointlessly, they, the ones that can't run away just surrender. And this is all of them or just the ones fighting my unit? Well, the archers, the ones that were fighting your unit was the the rest of the infantry. The okay. archers are all dead. <laughs> Azara okay. burnt them and then Oopsie. froze them to death. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no one left to intimidate. This is that's that's the end of the battle, basically. Okay. Uh, as as Agnes's snakes are the last, they're like this lady's summoning snakes. We surrender. <laughs> we're done. We can't we can't fight this. Um, there is at least like one commander, like a sergeant who's left, and he's the one who basically presents himself. He drops his weapons, he's like, Lay down your arms, we surrender. There's no point in fighting this. We're not we've been paid, we've lost. That's just how it goes. We have um, no intention of fighting you. Agnes will like call back her fire spirit and loom over this commander and be like, Where are the scions? Uh <clears throat> he holds his hands up, he's like <clears throat> I, as long as I have your as long as I have your word that me and my men can go, we were paid to protect them. You engaged us. I will tell you everything I can. Uh, and it's like a hobgoblin, so it's actually quite. Uh, they've kind of got like this flat nose, very regal Klingon-like brow, very stoic face, and is being super no nonsense. Just looks at you with military precision. Like if you guarantee the lives of my my uh, the soldiers under my command, I will tell you everything. Is Marcel nearby? Because this seems at like at this it's point up you guys him. can just start gathering your units up if you like, yeah. Yeah, I I'll just hand over this conversation with the commander to Marcel. Mm-hmm. I'm down with with those terms. Does he? Does I mean, 
you said stoic but does he seem like earnest um it's kind of hard to tell he's a hobgoblin uh they're they're generally known for being like honorable at least like you know they'll they'll take gold and kill you but if they say they'll do something they'll do something generally they're quite lawful cool um he's just like very well <clears throat> he's like he just gestures to his men he says he points to the mill which is still beginning to burn uh inside there you will find a uh, an entrance down into some caves or some sort of network below the town. Uh, we never went down there. I had no interest in what these these people were doing. They paid us to guard it. We guarded it. They have some sort of construct guarding it. Uh, it requires a, a passphrase or some sort of method to gain access to. Again, me and my men were never giving it to it. That wasn't our job. Our job was to watch over the town, and if any Cormirian troops appeared, we were to fight them and engage them. And you're given no access whatsoever to them? I had no I had no desire to have access to them. But you weren't given access? No, no. I had, there was no need to. If they wanted to speak with us, they came up here. They didn't want us going down there. There's some sort of riddle, is all. I've overheard it. It asks, it speaks in a language that I don't understand, and then they, they, I, yeah, that's it. That's as far as much as I know. Um, Marcel just starts walking over to it. Okay. Uh, he looks, the hobgoblin looks towards Agnes and the others. Well, if we are done here, I will see to my injured and bury my dead, and then we will leave. See that next time you take more care with who hires you. Uh, the life of a mercenary, your ladyship, is not to judge who hires us. Then I perhaps the, price. the life of a mercenary. It, work. Then perhaps you could should consider a different kind of life. Yeah. And she it, turns it just... and walks away. She doesn't give him a chance to okay. reply to that. He kind of like makes a face, looks at the, the other men. And he's just like, come on, uh, let's let's see who we can save. And they begin turning around. You can see that they have like some of the soldiers obviously have some sort of medical training. They begin like going to people that look like they can still be saved, bandaging their wounds, healing them, carrying them away. Um, a lot of the like, there's not a lot of people who were just instantly dead. So they do manage to save quite a lot of their troops. Um, same goes for your side as well. Hadley's here, the, the folks in Hadley's unit that took damage, most of them can be saved. They're just going to be out of the fight for a little while, probably a week or so of rest and, and healing. Um, but yeah, the, you know, it seems to be relatively unscathed. Marcel, when you make your way over to the mill house, um, which is beginning to burn, uh, you can see that the flames are beginning to kind of rise up uh, from the various magics and spells, crackling at the kind of rotten wood, creating this almost eggy sulfur smell uh, as you wade through the muck. You peer inside and you can see what appears to be a kind of broken down wooden mill. So uh, the water wheel is set into the flooded river. You can hear like a creaking, broken wooden sound coming from inside. Uh, where there's all these kind of wooden struts and cogs and gears, but stood on top of a kind of stone trapdoor, 
uh, is a large metal sphere. The sphere is engraved with all sorts of like weird plates and lines uh, and six spindly legs keep it in place over this trapdoor uh, as it hovers quite near the bottom. Um, that's what you see when you look inside. Hmm. So the things guarding the door. The, and the building is on fire. The building's on fire. Does it look it like there's... Not... Go on. No, go on. Does it look like there's... I'm assuming there's just a door going in? Uh, it's not even a door. Like, the wall has collapsed, so the wall on the side of the village has just, like, caved in. Um, like a dilapidated... Like, something you might see in, like, The Last of Us or, like, in a post-apocalyptic mm -hmm. movie where, like, the, the wall has just fallen in and okay. become covered in, like, growth. So you can just look in. Uh, and you see, yeah, this like all these struts and cogs and wheels from the, the mill itself. And then just this weird brassy gold sphere stood over this trapdoor. And it looks like that's the only way in and out, right? Um, apart from there's no other real entrances or exits. Yeah, this looks like it's the only other part of the mill. Uh, it looks like it goes down. And the Hobgoblin did say like a network of caves beneath, beneath the village or something like that. So it makes sense. Mm. I'm going to, I'll approach this thing. Okay. Yeah. So when you get close to it, uh, you begin to see like faint lines of kind of red power kind of begins to emerge and it begins glowing from the inside. Um, and this kind of warped voice as the crackle of the flaming building, the wood splinters and timbers beginning to snap around you. You hear this kind of warbling voice. Speaking to you in a language that you don't recognize. Do any of the rest of us recognize it? Do any of you speak netherese? <clears throat> Huh. heard of you know, I did sure you don't. Did you mean you to say infernal? Be. I feel like you meant to say I infernal. I feel like you I meant didn't. to say abyssal. I or feel maybe like you meant to say common. <laughs> I did not mean to say it in any of those things. Huh. Hmm. I don't speak that. Uh, well, that's convenient because therefore we can end the episode here and we can Dope. see how you approach this problem next week. Or next, not even next week, we got a two week break. So in, in three, in three weeks, weeks, oh yeah, we can find out what this orb is and how it all works. Um, yeah, I have Heck. a question before we end. Heck. Sure. Um, Snowmorn, do those charges come back or is that it? It's an interesting question, isn't it? Ah! Uh, I will I will check. I'm pretty sure it comes back uh, on dawn, but yeah, okay. so like a day. You have to wait a day, basically. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, but yeah, we'll check. Um, but yeah, thanks very much for the episode, everybody. Yeah, we are going to be on a two-week break over the holidays. So we will be back after December, I think, or like after the holidays. Um, and yeah, the whole you know D&D... The whole D&D channel is actually on break for two weeks. I think the 19th through the 2nd. So nothing will be on the D&D channel. It's a great time to remind your friends that you can find episodes of Knights of Evening Star on YouTube. And it would be a great time to catch up and jump right in. Yes. Also, as a point, because I keep getting asked about this on Twitter, we're not the ones to ask about the podcast. If you would like the podcast, because I know the new season hasn't been podcast, message Wizards. Uh, let mm -hmm. them know that you'd like to have it as a podcast, because I, I can't help you with that. So Sorry. that's it. Uh, that was it. I was just going to say that. Um, do we want to do quick shout outs, really quick shout outs, and then we're going to wrap things up for today? Sure. Yeah. Wait. You go first, Mark. 
You never get to go first. first. That's fine. I will go first. Uh, if you would like to see more of my DMing, you can check out my D&D show, High Rollers D&D. Been going for five years. Uh, we stream over on twitch.tv forward slash High Rollers D&D and twitch.tv forward slash Yogscast as well. Uh, we're back into our, our regular campaign. We just had a really fun charity one shot just gone past. Um, and you can come check that out. We're also on Spotify as a podcast and YouTube, all under High Rollers D&D. Same with on Twitter and everything else. Also, I've been streaming a little bit more on my Twitch channel and on my YouTube channel. There's been a few videos. Um, come and check those out. Uh, it's just Sherlock underscore Humes pretty much everywhere uh, on the internet. Um, come and check it out on my YouTube and stuff. I should have a really fun video this week about casting D&D characters as celebrities. So come and check <laughs> that out. That'll be a fun one. So yeah, thanks very much. I will tag Nate. Uh, I don't really got much going on. So uh, I'll tag Mika. Um, I'm also going to pimp out Nate because Nate's been streaming Pokemon stuff and he's really cool and he has albums and stuff. Also, I'm wearing Cantrip brand sweatpants, even though you can't see them right now. So you should check out Cantrip brand. See, I'm doing your plug for you, Nate. It's because we're friends. Um, <laughs> also, I'm Mika. Um, you can find me everywhere at Mika Burton. Um, please go check out the narrative telephone I just participated in and the Critical Role channel. It was pretty fun. I failed miserably, but not as miserably as other people. So that's magical. Uh, and then next month, uh, I have my own story that I'm going to be torturing everyone with. And I've been told it's the second meanest story that has ever happened. So uh, tune in for that. And I'm going to tag Anna. Thanks. Um, if you want to see more of this little beautiful creature, follow at Happy Nizki, N-I-Z-K-I on Instagram. That's most of what I do on social media now because animals on social media are wonderful while people often aren't. Um, and if you, oh, Mika also mentioned Cantrip brand clothing, <laughs> which, uh, is available at cantripbrand.com for all of your fantasy inspired role-playing inspired D and D inspired streetwear needs. And if you want to watch more from me, the holiday acquisitions incorporated special was released on the 12th. Mm -hmm. You can watch Evelyn and Strix on, um, I believe that's on YouTube now for acquisitions incorporated. And on Saturday this week, I have a new episode of Pawns and Patrons, which is our drop-in friendly dungeon crawl classic show with the most of the original Miss Clicks D&D cast. And um, oh, I'm forgetting something. Oh, Extra Brains is our new talk show. Um, it's a good time to catch up on that as well because we are also on holiday break. That's all. Awesome. I tag Shady. Hi guys, I'm the last tag and these foolish mortals have left me with a full two minutes to talk to you. <laughs> uh, so this Saturday I will be doing a uh, rocket, uh, Pokemon rocket break first edition with uh, 12 people that bought in and everyone's going to walk away with the foil and many other cards. It'll be really fun. 2 p.m. Eastern uh, twitch.tv slash Penguin. Also, listen, 2020 was trash mostly. There were some bright spots, I'm sure, in all of our lives, but mostly complete garbage. We can all agree with that. 2021 is coming. That's the next time we'll see you beautiful people. And I know some people hate on New Year's resolutions, but in my book, if you can find any excuse to make a better change for yourself, don't let those people tear you down. Make the change. Go for it. Be better in 2021. Uh, and that's that's it. That's my spiel. What a great use of what two minutes, thing. Shady. That was amazing. Thank you. I, I love it. I feel so uplifted. This is why I'm the president of the Shady Penguin fan club. You yeah. can sign up today. <laughs> He's the best. I love you can't it. sign up today. It's just me. It's, it's just, just one person. It's it's closed enrollment. It's yeah. the toilet boys. The I will never forget boys. that. I forgot the toilet boys.
Amazing. Uh, well, thank you so much, everybody. I think we got uh, D&D Beyond uh, up next, uh, I think. Uh, so you can check those guys out. And we're, we're done. We're going to get out a whole minute early. How about Holy that? Holy crap. I'm going to go crap. eat some pho. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks very much for joining us. See you next time. Uh, bye. Bye-bye.